guys, welcome back to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today I'm actually thinking of answering a question I get a lot, probably from all of you, and I've been avoiding it (laughs) for a reason, because it's vulnerable, right? It's information that I don't share all the time. I've shared parts of it while I was on podcasts. I shared maybe a little, a few points in various posts that I've posted on Instagram, but I never actually spoke about my story and why I do what I do and why I work with men. I am passionate about it and my journey. I know I'm not going to be able to share all of it with you. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of backstories in between the story. Um, Because as you guys know, everyone has their own story, but there's always the little things that you forget to mention or that play play a part along the way. And it's just, it can get really long. So (laughs) let's keep this to as short as possible, giving you guys enough detail to kind of hear hear my side and and understand where my feelings were, where they are, and where they're headed. So I hope this is entertaining for you. I guess I'll start with my childhood because I really do believe that our story, the most important part of our stories stem from childhood and our developmental stages and the feelings we've had because that's what actually has created our identity. And the initial stages of our brain development It's such a vital time in our life because that's kind of what's planting the seeds for our future, right? Like every little thing that happens, every reaction someone has to us, every situation we face, um, if we face it again and then we have a certain thought, it starts conditioning our behavior and then our behavior changes according to that circumstance. And then we go into the future fearing that circumstance or having certain doubts about ourselves because of that circumstance or feeling very confident because of that circumstance. You know, like it all it all depends. It's very confusing to explain, but I think you guys know what I mean. It all depends on that developmental stage and pretty much our adulthood has to do with our how we were treated and how we how we grew up in our developmental stages, whether we overcame certain things that we wanted to overcome or whether we never healed them and they're stuck in the past and they're keeping us held back in the past as adults. Before I get carried away into the, the psychology of it, I want to start in my childhood, of never feeling pretty. I'm sure every girl goes through this to an extent, but I did, like, as a, as a little girl, I always felt like I was the ugly duckling. I, I felt like the guys never noticed me. Like, boys at school never noticed me, never wanted anything to really do with me. Up until seventh grade, um, I think seventh grade was the first time I started feeling pretty, Felt like, okay, like, I'm getting this. I'm getting the hang of this. And then high school came, and I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. And I was teased. I was bullied. It wasn't a good experience for me at all. But I did learn a lot. And I did find a lot of compassion within myself. So I do take that as a learning experience of I would not be the compassionate woman I am today and have the patience I have today. Or really care or be very genuinely kind-hearted. I really can't make fun of anyone. Like, it's, I'm not just saying this to be like, oh, I'm such a good person. I've been made fun of a lot. And I've talked down to myself a lot, so I know what it feels like, and I know how painful it is to be talked down to and made fun of. So I can't, I just can't say anything, like, to, I could never bully someone, (laughs) like, oh my god. I can never outwardly make fun of someone. Anyway, I think that's, you know, that came from that, and I do appreciate that about me. And I do, you know, a lot of, a main compliment I do receive from men is you have such a kind heart, and you have such a warm heart, and I just... My neighbor the other day said to me, like, I, you talk to me and I feel it. Like, I know it's true. I know it's genuine. And because that's so important to me as a woman and a coach for men and being there for men, 
to have that quality and to be known as that and to have that trust and for people to be able to trust me. Um, and I think that came from being made fun of and being always on the lookout and feeling like, oh, this is a sucky feeling. And like, I would never want, I would never wish this on anyone. So I did have um, my first boyfriend in when I was 16. I think I was a sophomore in high school. But um, I felt like the ugly duckling again. It was weird. Like, eighth grade was great. And then I went back. It was like the bottom of the food chain. And I just went through high school feeling like crap. I slept at the nurse a lot. It got to the point where she was like, you have to stop coming in the office. Like, nothing's wrong with you. Stop going in here. I would just go in and sleep because I didn't sleep at night. I didn't sleep at home. And whenever I sat in the class, I was terrified. I had anxiety over getting the answers wrong and feeling stupid. So uh, that was a big thing. I always felt like I was stupid growing up. That was a big, a big thing. And it's not like my life was terrible, but I did feel, I, I spent the majority of my years up through college feeling very insecure and very <laughs> stupid, uh, stupid, insecure. I felt very unwanted and I felt a lot of things based on my social situations with other kids was really what it was. Cause I had a loving family growing, like my family loved me. I had an older brother who, of course, teased me and made me feel stupid sometimes, but that's what older brothers do. Um, my younger sister is was always my best friend and always imitating everything I did, even at my worst. So, so yeah, going through high school was just a rough patch. It was just a place I never, ever wanted to be. There was not one day I wanted to be there. There was not one day out of four years that I was excited to go to school. Pretty much like prison um, in my eyes. It was prison. I hated it. I was horrible at gym. I was literally the girl who missed the kickball. Like, I missed the kickball probably three times in my life. Completely missed it and, like, still kicked. Like, I was that girl who, like, got made fun of because I did stupid things like that because my anxiety was so high. You know, when your anxiety is super high like that, things just... you you act out in weird ways and your brain turns off. You can't remember things. You can't talk out loud. When you do talk out loud, you say strange things. So that's what anxiety does to you. And I did have social anxiety immensely growing up. So I dealt with a lot of that, just saying, saying the worst things to the popular girls who I was trying to impress and saying, making myself (laughs) look like an idiot in front of guys I thought were cute. And it was just, it was like that for a while. Then I got to college and I went crazy because I I lived in a dorm, right? And I came from an all-girls Catholic high school. My mom is religious. So guess what? I went wild. I went crazy. And I started doing things that got me into trouble, you know? And I did get into trouble a few times and I, I made the wrong choices and I was with the wrong types of men. And at this point, the guys in high school, I had like guys who bullied me in high school too, because I was dating this guy and his friends weren't nice to me when we broke up. So I dealt with a lot of that. And then in college, I I was going out with this druggie and hanging out with guys who were just always on drugs, always partying, always talking down to me. A lot of the guys, they weren't my friends, but I called them my friends. It was really weird. It was, I wanted friends, but they would just wanted to sleep with me. And even them wanting to sleep with me, they still talked to me like, eh, you're okay. Like, I guess you're kind of hot. You're whatever. And those are the types of things they said that actually made me feel good. It was weird. Like, I guess I didn't really feel good, but, but it kind of put me in this place of, oh, really? You think I'm kind of hot? Or like, you think I could possibly be hot? And I was... And that's the frame of mind I was stuck in. You know, it was weird. It was like, I thought they were so cool and I put them on this pedestal. And meanwhile, they were just, they treated me badly and 
maybe they were going through their own shit too. You know, I'm not like blaming them, but that's, that's who I was hanging out with. And that's who I put on a pedestal and who I appreciated talking to me. So you can imagine where I was at this point in my life in terms of how I felt about myself, right? Because we only surround ourselves with people who treat us badly if we feel that way about ourselves or if we feel we deserve to be treated that way. So to a certain extent, I did feel like I deserved to be treated how I was treated because I kept hanging around the same types of people who just talked down to me, who made me feel stupid, who just pretty much reaffirmed everything I felt about myself. And this is what a lot of a lot of people do in relationships. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys who, who just take all this shit because they feel like they deserve it or they believe that about themselves. So if they figure, Hey, you know, I believe that about me. So if she says it, it's true, right? Cause I believe it and she says it. So it must be true. No, it doesn't mean it must be true. It means you have to find another woman to date and you have to, you have to work on your self-worth. So that's what needs to change. Anyway. So what happened being in college around these types of people put me in this place of not just not caring about my grades. Even in high school, I didn't really care about my grades. It was a tough school, but I was an average student. I never tried. Like, I really just didn't try. And then college came, and I I almost failed the first semester completely. And then the second semester, I totally failed all my classes. And everything, and it was coming out of my pocket, right? So I went to sign up for the next semester at the bursar's office, and they said, you, you owe us $4,600 in order to, to pay for all the classes you failed. So you have to pay that first, and then you can sign up and register for the new classes. And I was like, what? That was a pivotal moment in my life, because I remember skipping all those classes. I remember doing things to get out of the classes and, like, telling the teachers weird things to, like, to try to pass, and it didn't work. And I remember getting drunk at parties and doing, just making a fool out of myself and getting into the wrong things and being with the wrong people all the time. Because of all that, I failed all my classes. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I had no, I had no work ethic. I had no passion. I had no, I had no self-confidence. I had no, I had no self-worth. I really didn't, (laughs) didn't think of myself as capable of doing anything. So I'm sitting there crying, writing the check, knowing I can't tell my mom. And I'm like, I just remember sitting there saying something needs to change. Something needs to change. What am I going to do? So then I went to a psychology counselor and this woman seemed really nice. She looked really nice from the picture. So I was like, she looks really nice. I'm going to go talk to her and see if she can help me. I, I remember going in and I said, please, I need your help. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a psych. I'm a psych counselor. You're not in the psych program yet. So I can't help you, but I'll tell you who you can speak with. And I just burst out in tears. And I was like, please, please, like, you just seem nice. I want to talk to you. Please just talk to me. And I was, I think she saw how broken I was and she just took me in. And I was pretty much just like, I don't know what to do. I'm failing everything. I have no idea like what I want. And I I just want to like, I want to study psych and I want to finish the year with a bachelor's in psych, but I don't know what the hell to do. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it on time. This makes no sense to me in terms of fitting it all in and doing this the right way. So we're sitting there and she's like, all right, you're going to do this. You're going to take this class at this, this semester. Then you're going to come in for a summer class and take this. Then you're going to come in for this semester, take six classes. Then you're going to take a winter class. Then you're going to do this. She's like, you can do it. That's it. It's good. It's easy for you. That's it. And I just, I just remember sitting there like, holy shit. She, she said I can do it. And from that moment, I just took those papers and I thanked her And I walked out the door, did the exact plan she told me to do. I aced every single class and I graduated one semester over. 
I think it was just that one person. I needed one person outside my family members who said, you can do this. You can do it. It's easy. You can do this. And that's all I had to hear. All I had to hear was some random person say, you can do this stuff. This is easy for you. Because when she said that to me, it reframed my whole belief. And I said, well, she said I can do it. I must be able to do it. And that's the way I took it because I was at such a rock bottom that I had to, I couldn't believe myself anymore. I think I got to this point where I'm like, I'm not right. I have to listen to someone who will, who will be right. And that person happened to be Becky Davis at Montclair State University saying stuff, you can do this. This is easy for you. And since that point, things have been easy for me. Like it's insane. And I do get really, I'm getting emotional right now thinking about her because that one meeting changed my life completely and she doesn't even know. And I do plan on going back and just hugging her and telling her what she did for me. And I'm thinking of doing that this, this Christmas break when I fly to Jersey. But anyway, you know, since then, and since graduating, I've been in multiple jobs, some of which I was disrespected by, by men, uh, waitressing and bartending. I also started a a massage practice that made me uncomfortable at times. So at this point, when it came to men, I was, I was just not a fan, you know? I would see men and just remember boys in middle school who rejected me and laughed at me sometimes. And I remember the guys in high school who bullied me after I broke up with my ex. And then I remember in college, all the jerks that I hung out with who spoke down to me and who I admired, but spoke, they spoke down to me. And after college, working at, as, a, as a waitress, bartender, and masseuse, all the men who were just constantly trying to use me for the wrong things and, you know, talked to me in ways that didn't make me feel valuable and I just, I kept attracting these types of men into my life. Like, as you can see, like, there is, there's this timeline of types of men who just, I just would see men and see these things that were negative and that made me feel like I was being used or abused or mocked or didn't feel pretty. Or I only felt like I was a piece of meat or like, I only felt like I was sexy and I was just a body. Like there was no person inside of me. So there's a lot of strange relationships with men where I just didn't know where I really stood. I did date a couple guys who were good guys, especially one of them was so, so kind-hearted and treated me like gold. But even dating him, I still had these insecurities about myself and about men. It was strange how I attracted him um, because he was really the only one that made me feel good about myself, but I still had these feelings towards men. Um, And then after him, I went on dates with guys that just shoved their tongues down my throat without me wanting that. I had guys with girlfriends, you know, taking me out on dates. And I just had all these weird, weird situations happening with, out of all the men, like there were probably three that I had good relationships with. So it just put me in this place where I just associated men with, like I said, like users, abusers, manipulators, you name it. So, so eventually I ended up with this one guy who, he was very, very manipulative it was kind of scary how manipulative he was, but um, it put me in this place of just feeling trapped. And at this point of my life, I started personal development and I started really trying to improve myself and improve my life and become better, become a better woman and just understand understand myself and know what was going on about life and what what I can be passionate about and what I can do with my psych degree. And like, I hired a coach she ended up not helping me at all. Um, <laughs> I, I hired her and left her without having a clue of what I was going to do. But I was in this new relationship now with this guy at the time. And he would even tell me like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. So I was back in this place of like, you can't, 
Like, it's too hard. You can't do that. You're not capable of that. Blah, blah, blah. And I realize now, like, especially talking about this with you, that it really depends who's around you. Because I had a best friend who said, oh, you have to be smart to do that. Or you'll never be good enough for this. Or who do you think you are? My ex-boyfriends said, a lot of them said things that made me feel worthless and stupid. And just, like I said, reinforcing the things that I once told myself at a very low point just made me feel like I had to believe them because it just made sense, right? Like I felt it, they felt it, it must be true. So after being with this guy for two years, how I realized I was being manipulated, but at the same time, I couldn't get out. It was crazy because I wanted to and I knew how bad it was for me. But at the same time, I couldn't escape because it was a safety zone. It was a comfort area. And I thought, hey, I need to I need to get out. I need to change. Like something needs to change. You know, I had that gut reaction again. That was something needs to change. Something needs to change. Do something stuff. And two years before dating him, I set a goal to move to Santa Monica because I came here two years ago. So as soon as I came here, my my heart fell in love with this place. It was love at first feeling. Like I got off the plane and I just said, I'm going to move here. And I started telling people that. And two years later, people were like, yeah, okay, you're going to move. Okay, okay. No one believed me. And I was in this relationship that was so manipulative, right? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm going. And I just booked a one-way flight. I just did it. I didn't even tell like the my clients I didn't tell anyone because I knew they would think I was crazy and they would tell me not to do it. And I was so sick of people telling me you can't do it, like don't do it. And people being afraid for me or people, you know, laughing at me. So I was just like, this is my secret. I'm not telling anyone. And that's pretty much what happened. Like when I moved, people were like, what the hell? Like when did you, when did you move? When did you plan this? I didn't, I planned it a month in advance, but two years prior, I said, I live in Santa Monica, California. And I wrote that every day for two years. So I pretty much manifested this place into reality because me writing that every day and still not having a plan, but having this feeling to just jump the gun and do it one, like one day, just fucking do it. Everything just worked out. It just worked out like too well. And I, and while I was with this guy who was so terrible for me, I started getting on Instagram a lot and just teaching. And I would just like, teach people shit, like random shit. Cause I was learning so much. I was reading a lot. I invested in Ty Lopez's 67 steps program, just made me want to read every day. So I pretty much did. I got into the habit of reading and with me teaching people things every single day, I was able to meet more people on Instagram. So with me being on Instagram every single day, teaching different lessons, I had random people start reaching out to me and they were guys. And the things that they said were so were so kind. Like whenever they had something, whenever they had something to say to me, it was a compliment. It was like, Steph, this makes so much sense. Like, I'm really proud of you or Steph, this is so cool. Like, what do you think about this? And all of these men who reached out to me had kind things to say and they had kind hearts. And two of them lived in Australia. You know, one of them was, was a very busy man. Another who had a girlfriend, another one had a girlfriend Um, one was single, but like on the other side of the country. So it was just very much like, okay, well, these guys aren't in my face and they're not trying to, they're not trying to make me feel bad about myself. And they were just the nicest guys. And like being in this toxic relationship at the time, I still had these men to back me up and to make me feel good. And it took the kindness of these five guys to make me realize, why am I with this asshole right now? Like, why am I with, why am I in this toxic relationship when I could be with guys like this? And I didn't even know there were guys like this. I was like, what the hell? Like, there's men like this? And because, you know, growing up, I never experienced men like this. 
it was really an eye opener. And I needed those men in order to push me to get to California because I would not have made the jump and made the move to make change and leave that relationship if I didn't realize there was something I was missing. You know, I didn't know what I was missing really. So I moved out here and immediately I started reading a relationship book. And it was John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And I read it, and then I realized there was a gender intelligence program that he ran with coaches around the world. And I thought, hey, like, this is really interesting stuff. And I remember two years ago, while I was still in that shitty relationship, I had a friend of mine um, tell me you would make an, an amazing relationship coach for men. And I said, oh my God, over my dead body in a million fucking years. Hell no. Fast forwarding back to this moment of reading this book, I said, oh my God, I want to be a relationship coach. How cool would that be? I was thinking of a niche, like who would I work with? Right away, I thought, hey, there's these great guys on Instagram. If there are more guys like that who need help in relationships, I want to help them. That's pretty much what happened. I started studying this program. I, I got certified in gender intelligence, got a coach, And then I realized, hey, I'm good at this. And I just loved it. And it made me light up. And it made me want to wake up in the morning. And it pushed me to, you know, start working on this so that I can start helping people and make money out here and actually have this as my full-time thing. In a way, those men saved my life. And it's funny because I always felt like men ruined my life (laughs) in so many ways. And then it was like this major flip where they saved me from this one toxic man. It took some really good men to pull me out of there and to get me on track of where I actually wanted to be in my life, which was Santa Monica. It's men who got me out here. It's men that gave me the push and who supported me. And that's so important. And that really just grew my love so much for men and especially the men that so many women don't see. The men that want women to feel safe and the men that want women to succeed and feel good and realize their strengths and and own their passions and do what they love to do. And there's so many men like that. There's so many men I want to spread that message more because I feel like it's not spread enough. I look on Instagram and I realize men are not getting enough help as women are. The successful suicide rate for men is much higher than women because men don't talk. Men don't talk about what's going on. You know, they just do things. I want to be the woman who can talk to them. I want to be the woman who, just as there are men for me to talk to and figure out how I was going to make the biggest move of my life. I want men to be able to talk to me so that I can help them make the biggest move of their life. Yeah, I'm just super, I'm super passionate about it. I I really feel like I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing right now. And this is my purpose. And I do feel like every single thing happens for a reason. I know that's cliche, but, but it's like, I think I had to have things happen to me with men. I had to go through a lot of shit and a lot of really bad feelings and bad experiences in order to be doing what I'm doing now. Because if that stuff didn't happen to me, it wouldn't have hit me so hard or pushed me down so far to a low. And like, if I didn't have such lack of self-worth and lack of confidence in myself, then I wouldn't know how it feels. And I wouldn't know how to relate to the men I'm working with now. But I can relate to them. And I can relate to them because I felt it, because I've been there. But also because I understand that they're good. And I understand that they have good intentions that are true and honest and and important. You know, and I want to be there to to pick them up and lift them up and make them notice their strengths and notice like how fucking amazing they are and how many women would appreciate them so much. That's what I do now. And I would not want to be doing anything else. Um, 
So for now, this is, this is my passion and this is my life. And, and yeah, that's where it came from. So I know I'm missing so much of the story, but, um, my voice is getting a little raspy, so I'm just going to cut it there. And, you know, I'm sure I'll share more with you in the future of, you know, think other things that happen along the way. But I hope you guys enjoyed this story and I hope this gives you more of an idea of where I'm coming from and why I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm honestly glad I could share it with you. It did feel a little vulnerable and a little and a little messy, so I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of everything in order, but it is a special story to my heart. I mean, it is my story. It's my life story. And um I'm just going to cut it there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where to stop this. So, have a great night, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you guys need help with women, if you're struggling right now, please reach out to me. Especially right now, I'm doing a Black Friday special for one phone call, or you can buy a bundle of three for a really, really good rate. This rate is a once-in-a-lifetime offer. I'm not going any lower than this, ever, probably. <laughs> so please um, get on that while you can. You can email me at info at sgdatingcoach.com. Or you can visit my Instagram and just DM me at Let's Talk Relationships. I'd love to help you guys. The deal is going on up from now until this coming Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I would love for you to take advantage of that to help you attract the woman you want to attract. Have a great night, guys. I'll talk to you soon.